Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach David Bartke here. Today is Sunday, December the 3rd, 2017. And uh, David, I don't know about you, but uh, th- this has been a remarkable week. And, and well, the past week anyway has been a remarkable week. I guess Sunday kind of starts a new week. But it's just been an incredible week. And I can hardly wait for this new week to start. Well, that's great. Tell me why it was so good. Well, we went to doing the Daily Show for the first time, and uh, ah. it's, it's a lot of work when you're first setting it up, especially. It's still going to be quite a bit of work going forward because, you know, it, it's like uh, Wendy Diller, the afternoon, my afternoon uh, co-host Monday through Friday, said to me, I'm acting as both the talent and the producer, so I, I'm wearing multiple <laughs> yeah, hats and yeah. director, really, when you think about it. And and that's a lot of work. <laughs> I mean, just producing it a is. show alone is a lot of yeah. work. So, <laughs> but I'm having fun. I'm enjoying it. And I know that once I get the thing set up, I'll continue to have to do producing stuff, like, you know, coming up with topics and so forth. But, you know, sometimes, like, I know you have a, a, a bunch of topics you want to bring up based on, on blog posts you've made. And, and some of the other co-hosts will want to be coming up with their topics, too. So, you know, we'll kind of spread the load around. But, hey, it's more than offset by the fact that this is just so much fun. <laughs> yeah, no, it's very exciting. Very exciting. Now, to top everything else off, when we get to it, we're also going to have a pretty big topic this week because we're on to chapter 16 of Asking It Is Given. And, David, th- this is like one of the most compact six pages you'll ever read. So, Wow, <laughs> I mean, I'm looking forward we, to we got a lot. It. We got a lot to talk to cover here. And uh, we're also going to invite callers to call in. Um, we'll, we'll give you that information in a moment. But before we get there, what were your wins for the week? What, what's your week been like? Well, I had a very good week. Like as you know, if, and if anyone was listening, you know, I I did lose one of my uh, dogs by now. It's two weeks ago, so I've uh, had a much better week in dealing with that and had more success. You know, keeping myself at a raised vibration, which is nice to get back to that. Oh yes. And um, so that was very good. And I had really good parking spots and safe transportation and some really good uh success with some coaching clients so it was a it was a lot of wins this week it was very i love i love experiencing a lot of wins oh absolutely great it's how you get back to the higher vibration right (laughs) yeah oh it definitely helps (laughs) so for sure you know oh and by the way we kind of talked about this before the show but did you want to say something about uh, uh your practice because you have been getting a little interest from listeners about your coaching practice and we wanted to let people know yeah you can still call in there there are still openings oh sure thanks yeah if um anyone's interested in law of attraction life coaching you can just go to lifecoachdavid.com um and you can contact me through there there's even a calendar where you can just go on because I, I always offer a first free mini phone coaching session so if anyone's interested they could just go there and uh i'm pretty sure you'll really like it so yeah thanks for letting me say that right now yeah no problem in fact let, let's do a couple of commercial announcements while we're here first of all if you have not yet subscribed to our free podcast please do so because it's a great way for you to make sure you don't miss any episodes. I mean, if you're listening on PRN, we love you. We're glad that you're listening on PRN. But uh, it doesn't mean that you're always tuned into PRN because you actually have to go to the PRN website to do that. If you're subscribed to our podcast, it just shows up on your smartphone. So you don't even have to think about it. 
So subscribe by going to the website if you want. That's the best way to do it, perhaps, um, at LOAToday.net. You can also subscribe through your iPhone by going to the iTunes store or by just going to your podcast software that's built into the iPhone. And on the Android side, we're also subscribable through Google Play. So lots of different ways to do it. Please do it. Um, it has been happening. People are subscribing, and it's paying off in a big way in, in terms of downloads. In fact, David, we broke another record in November. Um, in October, yeah. we had, we had 1,700 <laughs> uh, downloads in October, and in November, we had 2,600-plus downloads. So it's, just, Ooh, it's still wonderful. accelerating. Yeah, it's still picking up yeah. really nicely. Now, if someone wants to subscribe to the Apple Store, like what do they search for to find us? Just look for LOA Today. Just type it in LOA, LOA Today. today. Okay. That's it. Yeah. If you type in LOA today, you will find us. I mean, it, we pop up pretty easily in the iTunes store. You won't find it as easily in the app store, so don't go there, but go to the iTunes store or just go to your, the easiest thing is just go to the built-in podcast software because on iPhone, the podcast software is just part of the operating system and that will find it for you. You just type in LOA today there and it'll find it. So that's really the easiest thing. And then what about if someone wants to listen to your daily one? How do they find that? It's all there. Everything you, you get everything. Oh, when you're, that's there too. Oh, okay. It's good. all in the same feed. That's what's so cool about it. So you can hear the daily programs. You can hear the daily morning programs, the daily afternoon programs, and you can hear the program you and I do that we we, we record on Sundays that get broadcast on PRN uh, on Thursday nights at seven p.m. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, good. That's easy. That's you get easy. the whole package all in one. That's what's so cool about it. <laughs> Something else, too, I want to start encouraging people to do. This is the first time I want to propose this, but I want to do it ongoing. Please start liking us. I mean, we know that you like us because you keep listening, but I mean like, you know, social media liking us. So like us on Facebook or on Twitter or Instagram or whatever it is that you find us or, you know, on PRN. I think there's even a way to do it there. I'm not 100% sure. Oh, that's of that. a good idea. Yeah. Why not? But the, but the, what the liking does is when you like something, you're, the people who you're in contact with see it. And it encourages oh, them to take a look. And so it starts, you know, building up even more listenership. And we, we would just, we want to, to expand this listenership as far as we, and fast as we can because, you know, the more people who get the information that there's this, this show out there that's all about getting your daily dose of happy and feeling good, the better everybody's going to feel. And you're, you're getting your friends a favor to tell them about it. So please do. Exactly. Please, please start sharing. I mean, sharing is good. Yeah, but it's not like we're not coming from an ego place. No, no, no. This is no. well. Well, there's a little bit of ego place because it's fun to do. But beyond that, yeah, yeah. No, we really want the information to help as many people as possible. Yeah, so. I mean, one of the reasons I have done the program all of these years is because it's good for me. I love it. it I love how That's it helps right. me. You know, and why not share the wealth? So anyway, chapter sixteen of Ask and It Is Given. Is sub, is titled "You Are Co-Creating Within a Magnificently Diverse Universe," which okay, that kind of lays the foundation. But I gotta tell you, David, they squeezed a lot into this chapter. There are eight wow. subtitles, and I, we could probably do a show on each subtitle. That's how deep and complex this chapter is. In, in six pages, they included all this stuff. And let me just read hey. them to you, just so you can get a sense of it. First one okay. is "Unwanted must be allowed for wanted to be received." The second one, you do not come to fix a broken world. Number three, this is a little cryptic, do not put those unwanted ingredients in your pie. You have to read the chapter to find out what that's about. Four, the is, there, there is enough room for all diverse thoughts and experiences. Number five, here is the process by which your universe expands. Number six, you will never get there, so enjoy the journey. Number seven, feel the balance and perfection of your environment. And number eight, since every request is granted, there is no competition. I mean, whoa! 
Wow. <laughs> that, that's like, let's see how many we can pack into six pages. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot there. There is a ton there. I don't know if we'll get through it. Um, and if, if somebody calls in, it's going to be even less likely we'll, we'll get through it. But we love to have people call in. So feel free to call in and join the conversation. What's the call in number? It's 860-264-5432. That's 860-264-5432. If you're listening live on the LOA Today website, uh, that's, that's the easiest way to connect in. Now, there is actually also another feature that we haven't really started to use, although a couple of our listeners have, so, so we're paying more attention to it. If you listen to us through our connection at the Spreaker.com, Spreaker is the system that we use to actually broadcast live. Spreaker is speaker with an R, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R, Spreaker.com. And if you go to Spreaker.com forward slash LOA today, you'll see us broadcasting there as well. And if you go there, there's actually a chat function. I, I think it's actually on the LOAToday.net uh, page too, but there's a built-in chat function. You can actually send us a, 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 a text message. And I can't say we'd actually been using it before, but it's there, so you know we should probably use it. So if, if you feel like sending us a text message while we're doing the show, we'll start monitoring it. How's that? That sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, let's get to the uh, to the chapter. The first item in the chat, well, it start maybe I should just start by reading the first paragraph just to kind of set it up. It says yeah. if you if you have the ability to imagine it or even to think about it, this universe has the ability and the resources to deliver it fully unto you. For this universe is like a well stocked kitchen with every ingredient imaginable at your disposal. And within every particle of this universe is that which is wanted and the lack of it. This perspective of abundance and the lack of it is the environment in which focus is possible and focus activates the law of attraction. So now they're kind of laying out that this is what we're going to be talking about in this chapter. Okay, so the first section, unwanted must be allowed for wanted to be received. That, that's something that we've, we've spent entire shows on. <laughs> and I, I'm not even sure how to summarize it. I mean, they summarize it in one paragraph, and we could just read the paragraph. But, but what does that mean to you, David? I mean, how, how, do, you, how do you make sense out of that? Well, to me, that that's means that you don't know what you want until you know what you don't want. So when like when you know you don't want something, then you know the opposite of that is what you want. That's kind of in a basic way how I kind of hear that. So in other words, just because you don't want something doesn't mean you shouldn't allow it. You, you, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't you should somehow try to wish it out of existence or something like that. No, I would just use it as, okay, well, now I know what I don't want. Oh, this is good because this is going to show me what I do want. Right. So what do I want? Then? Oh, I, now I know what I want. It's the opposite of whatever that was I was thinking about that I don't want. In other words, they're really just laying out the idea that this contrast of wanted and unwanted is what allows us, helps us, to know what it is that we want, what we don't want, and... It's okay to allow the fact that that's out there. Just because there's stuff that we don't prefer doesn't mean it can't be out there. Right, and then I also think that once you get that information of what you don't want, and then you can figure out what you do want from what you don't want, we want instead of the don't want. Since what we focus on is what we attract. Yeah, I think it helps I, us in that way as well. I think you actually blipped out for a second there. Maybe you should repeat that because that was a key point. Oh, okay. No, I was just saying that... Um, Knowing what we don't want, of course, helps us know what we do want. And then once we know what we want, it's important to stay focused on what we want instead of what we don't want because what we focus on is what we attract. So it helps us in that way as well. 
So it, it helps us not only to decide what we're going to choose to focus on and choose to prefer, but it helps us to do so in a way that makes us feel good about it. Is that what you're driving at? That also will happen. Absolutely. Okay. Yep. Because when right. you focus on what you want, it does feel so much better mm, <laughs> than focusing on what you don't want. You can actually feel does. the difference. Oh, yeah. Well, that also leads to the second uh, subsection of the chapter. And this is one that I think trips up a lot of people. I know it tripped me up for the longest time, and, and I still kind of have to pull myself back from the brink periodically. Not uh, you, Walt. You oh, got, yeah. You got, all this, you got all this instantly. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I wish. It took me years to learn this stuff. <laughs> no, the, the subtitle is, You Did Not Come to Fix a Broken World. Mm. And that's something, if you listen to the uh, broadcast, the, the recordings, rather, of the uh, Abraham Hicks Art of Allowing Workshops, you get this kind of question a lot, or they get this question a lot from people who are participating in those, you know, people who get very concerned about the fact that, you know, they don't like the way the world is going, and they don't like things that go on in society, and they they, they feel compelled that, you know, somehow we we, we got to do something. we gotta, we, we got to do something about this stuff. It usually has some sort of a, of a political agenda with it. And yeah. what they're basically saying is, no, this world isn't broken. It, it doesn't need fixing. That, that's, it's not really a slap in the face, but it's certainly a, an unexpected breath of fresh air. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Now, did they go into that in this chapter? Well, it's a short chapter, so they don't spend a whole lot of time on it, but they do spend about four paragraphs. <laughs> shall, I, shall I read part of this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it says, as non-physical source energy expressing through your physical experience, your physical experience is truly the leading edge of thought. And as you are fine-tuning your creative experience, you are taking thought beyond that which it has ever been before. As you enthusiastically made the decision to come into this physical body and create in this way, you understood from your non-physical vantage point that this physical world was not broken and in need of repair, and you did not come forth to fix it. You saw this physical world as a creative environment in which you and everyone else could express yourself creatively. You did not come forth to try to get others to stop doing what they are doing and do something else. You came forth understanding the value in the contrast and the balance in the variety. Every physical being on your planet is your partner in co-creation, and if you would accept that and appreciate the diversity of beliefs and desires, all of you would have much more expansive, satisfying, and fulfilling experiences." And I, I can just hear people complaining about this one. I mean, in my head, I, I can just imagine the arguments coming back. <laughs> like, what would they be? <laughs> How am I supposed to consider Muslim terrorists to be my co-creators? Mm, yeah. How, how yeah. do I consider child abusers to be my co-creators? How do I uh, consider, depending on your political viewpoint, either Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton to be my co-creator? You know, I can just imagine huge numbers of objections being raised to this thing, and yet they're very, very clearly saying everybody on this planet is a co-creator. Uh-huh. What would you say to somebody who says something like that? Because, first of all, they're pretty charged up when they're saying it, <laughs> so that makes it kind of yeah. tough for them to hear you. But what do you say? I don't know, like, to me, to me, it's just more of a personal thing, like within yourself, within your own little world. That's okay. How I look at it. So expand like, on that. Well, like, I control what I attract based on what I'm focusing on and thinking about, based on where my vibration is, based on how excited I am or unexcited I am about life. Like, I, I attract and control what comes to, to me, just me. Like, I can't control anything else but that. 
So in a sense, even though they're saying every physical being on your planet is your partner in co-creation, you're saying, I don't try to think about all of them because there are too many of them. <laughs> <laughs> I just focus on yeah. what I can handle. Yeah, like maybe I would consider like, well, who am I attracting into my life? Like, mm. you know, what kind of people am I attracting? Am I attracting people that I'm enjoying? Or am I attracting toxic people or, you know, things like that? I take it more of a personal, into a personal realm. Which makes a lot of sense when you think about it, because there are 7 billion people on this planet. I mean, trying to be simultaneously co-creators with 7 billion people is a little overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, but we, since we do know that like energy attracts like energy, that if you are attracting people into your life that you aren't crazy about, then you have to look to yourself and say, well, what am I putting out vibrationally that I'm attracting the toxic person or the per or the relationship that keeps not working and then think about that within yourself and then try to adjust it so you can start attracting more of the type of people and circumstances that you really want so part of the value of of having all these people in co-creation is that you don't actively have to co-create with all of them you can co-create just no, with the ones that you choose. feel good about <laughs> yeah and that's a really key point i mean um i don't know I brought this up with a couple of my co-hosts during the week. I know I brought it up with right. Ray, and I think I brought it up with Joel, but I'll bring it up with you. Did you know that uh, the they, they put out a number of books, Abraham Hicks has, and there's a book that's just called The Law of Attraction. And in that book, it actually outlines three universal laws and not one. Really? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, three universal laws. And when I tell you what they are, you're going to say, oh, yeah, I recognize that. But you'll say, I just didn't realize that they were three discrete different laws. The first right, one is the drum roll, drum roll. What are they? Okay, so the first one is the law of attraction, that which right. is like unto itself is drawn. The second one is the science of deliberate creation. Yes, yeah. Now, now yeah. we usually think of that as like that's probably something that Jerry Hicks created as a marketing concept, but no, that's actually one of the laws that that they present in the book. And then the okay. third one is called the art of allowing. Yeah, no, you're right. Of course I heard of those. I just didn't, you're right. I didn't know that they... Yeah, I, I didn't realize they were discrete like laws. That. Yeah, I, I thought they were just all kind of part of the same concept of the law of attraction. But but Abraham considers them to be three discrete things. And Interesting. And once I've reread that section of the book a few times, I've come to appreciate why it gets divided up that way. The first part just uh -huh. says like attracts like. That's essentially what the law of attraction is. It doesn't right. say anything about you using your thought to attract other stuff. It just says like attracts like. So that's what uh -huh. makes that the first law. The second one is about using your thoughts and your intentions to attract stuff. That's the science of deliberate creation. Uh -huh. And then the third part, the art of allowing, is the part that in like the three-step process of the secret or other, you know, gurus, three-step processes, it's the, it's the receiving part or the allowing part. And yeah. in, in that part, it's the, the, I can't remember the exact phrase that they use, but it's something like, um, I am that which I am and I allow others to be that which they are. So in other words, I accept myself as who I am. I, I'm a creator. I am a person who is involved in creating and co-creating with others um, within this physical field, and I allow others to create their own way, and I don't try to change them. I don't try to get them to do it my way. I don't try to think about them. Well, I might think about it, but I, I'll certainly not try to argue them into adopting my viewpoint. I, I, I don't try to get them to make me feel better by getting them to behave the way I want them to behave. Yeah, yeah, and it also has to do with the art of allowing also has to do with when there is something that you want to manifest, 
of allowing it into your existence instead of blocking it. Yeah, that's that, also part of that. that that's what the first they part all, talks about. All those yeah. things go hand in hand. Right. All those three aspects. Yeah, it's it's, it's interesting, and they they actually don't define it in terms of the third thing. I think the third thing is actually in, in, inferred, so to speak, in the first part. I am that which I am. That's where the allowing takes place that you're mm-hmm. talking about, allowing stuff in. You have to let yourself be what you are, and you have to let yourself in the, being what you are. They're talking about it, being what you are in the source energy non-physical sense because they also make the point that not in that particular part of the, of the book but in other parts of the book that we are yes we are physical people but we are also spiritual people we are in a sense like the cliche spiritual people having a physical experience so yeah. part of us is in the non-physical realm part of us is in the physical realm and you know what's what's so interesting is and you'll probably resonate with this is that so many of my clients they have so many people in their life, and, as, and even growing up, who never just allowed them to be who they are. Or yes. Just, everything was always like, oh, no, you can't do that. Oh, no, you can't do that. Oh, no, you have to be this way, not that way. Right. <laughs> it's yes. amazing, like, how many people, even on that level, just never experienced someone just allowing them to be who they are without questioning it. And so... Simultaneously, they also, therefore, did not allow themselves to be who they are. They tried very right. hard to bend themselves into what their parents or their teachers or their other authority figures wanted them to be. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Even as, even as they go into adulthood, because that's just what they're used to. Like, wow. Sometimes I just say to some people, like, wow, you never experienced someone just saying, okay. <laughs> like, you tell them something you want or something you're going to do or something you believe in, and they just say, oh, okay, that's interesting. They they always hear, like, the opposite, like a, a challenge or resistance about it. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty crazy. That, and that's where the resistance comes from. It comes from the feeling that this is a challenge. This is a this is something I have to somehow face up to and combat. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, my God, how could I possibly just think or do what I want without anyone questioning it? Ugh, what a concept. Like, that's right. That's a part of what makes this whole um, this concept of the three laws, as presented by Abraham Hicks, so revolutionary, really, because it gives us an entirely different way of understanding and appreciating our own existence in this lifetime. And uh, yeah. it, it, it's one that I love. It's one that it's the only time I've ever heard something like this that I said yes to everything. Yes, that makes sense. Yeah. Yes, that feels good. Yes, yeah. that, yes. And then when people like sometimes I'll tell someone, well, the next time someone one of your friends or whatever says something, just try experiencing saying, okay, <laughs> instead of instead of like, no, you're wrong, or no, do it this way, do it that way. And when they do it, they're like, wow, that just felt so easy. <laughs> I didn't feel any resistance. I didn't feel any need to like try to get them to think something else. I was just like, okay, <laughs> you're allowed to think what you want or be who you want, you know? It's going to be fun um, interviewing one of my co-hosts uh, for the first time this coming Tuesday. Um, Cindy Chavez is going to join us mm-hmm. on Tuesday and uh, join me on Tuesday. And when I did my interview with her, she volunteered that she has a little trouble with that kind of letting go. That mm-hmm. um, she 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 said to me she was very distraught when Donald Trump got elected, mm-hmm. and that she just felt this need to try to 
fix things and, and that she still feels it. it. She has this conflict. So it just goes to prove, even if you've learned all this stuff, it could, because she's a, she's a life coach. She teaches law of attraction. She helps people with, you know, the law of attraction. And yet she's still stumbling on stuff. We all have stuff that we're working on. And, and that's what makes this show so fun because each of us has different things we're working on and we each have different things to, to uh, contribute to the discussion. And it's also a way for us to explore those less than comfortable areas, such as, well, yeah, okay. On the one hand, I know that I'm not supposed to try to make other people behave the way they want to, but I gotta do something about this world. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but like on a personal level, like who's ever listening, if, just try that. Like if someone says, oh, I'm gonna do this or do that, and even if it's something that you don't agree with, just try the, okay. <laughs> and just like, Free yourself of having to take on any resistance about it. It's so freeing. It feels so much better. It is freeing. It can take a while to get there. I mean, I, I am totally sympathetic to Cindy because I, I don't know if I told you, David, but when I graduated from college, my degree was in political science, of all things. Oh, I so, think I knew that. And, and I was very politically active early in my life. I became disenchanted for quite some time, and then my, my views kind of shifted around. But... um for for many years, I mean, I still maintain a website all about people from various political camps posting their own political viewpoints. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and, and that that's been a big part of my of my psyche of, of my being for uh, practically since I can remember. So trying to let go of all that <laughs> that, that that can take yeah. a while, you know. And I've made a lot of progress. I I I don't pay nearly as much attention as I used to. For instance. In uh, the 2008-2012 uh, election cycles, I was totally enthralled by what was going on in the elections, with the candidates were, right. and so forth. I had my own candidate preference and so forth. By the time the 2016 came along, I couldn't take my attention away from it completely, mm-hmm. but I did largely. I didn't. I, I wasn't following all the news articles. I was limiting, limiting myself to certain aspects of being a political scientist that I always loved, you know, watching the surveys, watching, you know, the polls and seeing what the polls are saying and where are the differences and where are they changing and shifting to and so forth. So I would allow myself to do that much, but I actually blacked out the rest of it. So that was a big step forward to me, you know. Yeah. I still hadn't gotten it out of my life entirely, but I came a lot closer than I ever did before. Sometimes you just have to kind of work there. You have to kind of get there a step at a time. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, this past election, I mean, friendships were ruined over it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. instead of people just allowing everyone to to be who they want to be, they were just, oh, no, you're bad because you did this, and you're bad because you did that, and I'm never talking to you again kind of thing. It's like, wow. And it's fascinating, too, that both camps, if, if, if you say there's the one camp that was the, the Donald Trump camp and the other camp was the Hillary right. Clinton camp, both camps are to this day finger pointing the other camp constantly uh-huh. blaming uh-huh. for this that or the other thing and this is the, they're the cause of all our woes and so forth and and of course like you're saying you know if you do that with with friends and the friends are on opposite sides of the divide they're just going to be <laughs> pounding each other over it <laughs> so it's it, it's, yeah. it's quite a negative dynamic that goes on oh yeah oh yeah all the more reason to stay away from it. So enough of that. <laughs> That's about as close to the topic as I want to get. I really don't want to get any exactly. closer. <laughs> no, 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 no way. <laughs> um, so moving on to the next section. Now, this is one that when I first read it, you probably said, huh? <laughs> it says, do not put those unwanted ingredients in your pie. So clearly you have to know what they're talking about here. Yeah, yeah. And what they're actually talking about is a metaphor. 
it's a an imagine yourself thing. So let me just read it. It says, imagine yourself as a chef in an extremely well-stocked kitchen that contains every imaginable ingredient. And let us say that you have a clear idea of the culinary creation you desire, and you understand how to combine these easily accessible ingredients in order to fulfill your desire. And as you proceed, there are many ingredients that are not appropriate for your creation, so you do not utilize them. But you also feel no discomfort about their existence. You simply utilize the ingredients that will enhance your creation, and you leave the ingredients that are not appropriate for creation out of the pie. Some of the ingredients in this well-stocked kitchen are harmonious with your creation. Some are not. But even though adding some of these ingredients to your creation would absolutely ruin your pie, you do not feel the need to push against those ingredients or to ban them from the kitchen because you understand that there is no reason for them to end up in your pie unless you put them in. And since you are clear about which ones enhance your creation and which ones do not enhance it, you feel no concern about the great variety of ingredients that exist. So now that we understand that, it says at the top, do not put those unwanted ingredients in your pie. Well, now it makes total sense. God, now I'm getting hungry. You're talking about pie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I go thinking about, gee, what kind of pie do I want to <laughs> That's no, good, though. It's true. It's, it's, like, it's like a buffet. I look at it like that. Like there's joy on, joy on one tray, happiness on another tray. Despair on another tray, sadness on another tray, depression on another tray. And like we just get, if you kind of look at it like that, you can like clearly say, well, no, I'm going to pick the joy, I'm going to pick the happiness, I'm going to pick the laughter, and just focus on those things that you're going to put in your life pie, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. And and not just uh, generic abstractions. It can be specific events. It, it can be specific Absolutely. things, specific people. I I like that person, so I'm going to include that person in my pie. I don't really like that person, so I'm definitely not going to include that person in my pie. And just because I'm not including that person in my pie doesn't mean that person can't exist. I'm perfectly willing of to let course. that person exist. Yeah. I just don't want them in my pie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not inviting them to the party. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, that's a game actually Louise and I play. Who who are we going to involve and invite to our party, and who are we not going to invite to our party? And, and it's, it's usually, yeah. uh, I, I can't remember any of them right now, of course, but it's usually uh, words that sound like persons' names. So, uh, like, cholera, I'm not going to invite cholera to my party. You know, that would be a pretty obvious one. Or uh, uh, happiness, uh -huh. I'm going to invite happiness to my party. Yeah, same kind of game. <laughs> but, yeah, but it's true. Like, if you think about... When you're not in a good mood, if you look at it in this kind of metaphor, you think, gee, well, what am I, what am I focusing on? I'm putting in my pie right now. Oh, I'm focusing on what I don't want. I'm focusing on how bad I feel. I'm focusing on how cloudy is, cloudy it is outside or whatever it is. And before you know it, you've got your pity party pie going on. But. Very alliterative. The pity party can, pie. I like that. <laughs> you can't say it too many times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> But the good news is that we can start adding ingredients that we really want, and then we feel the difference. Yes. And now I'm so hungry for pie, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the mood right now for, like, apple pie a la mode with a scoop of the vanilla ice cream Ooh, on top. Oh, my God. oh, that sounds delicious. <laughs> you actually identify one of my favorites. But the only thing that might be parallel to that would be pumpkin pie with uh, whipped with real whipped cream, not not the real cool whip. homemade whipped cream. Yeah, you, oh you actually take the, the yeah. cream into the bowl and you whip it up with the mixer and so forth. Oh god, it's so good. That is so good. <laughs> so now that we have everybody hungry, <laughs> please go to freelunch.com. No, wait. <laughs> oh god, that's funny.
It is. But you know what? Since we're talking about real pie, you can use it. I mean, just like you would put in, hopefully, at least when you make something at home, as many natural, healthy, organic ingredients into the pie you're making at home. That's what you want to do with the pie that you're choosing for your life. You want to put the good ingredients in. Yeah, that's true. I was just realizing, too, and remembering there's a story from my my life with Louise that is kind of funny, but it fits really nicely into this discussion. I never really thought about it this way. Number, okay. my, my wife's a really good cook. She she is just a fabulous cook. <laughs> that's she, right. I, we know you're well fed. Remember the That's right. Like... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, there was one time where we went to my parents' house in Virginia, Lynchburg, Virginia. We were living in Northern Virginia at the time, and we were meeting for the holidays for Christmas. And of course, my brother was there, my sister was there, and so on and so forth. So, you know, it was, it was the family, it was the gathering of the clan. And uh-huh. in the course, uh, well, actually, I'm not sure if it was Christmas or Thanksgiving, but it was one of the major holidays. And right. Louise decided she was going to make a pie. And it was going to be, I think, let's see, what kind of pie was it? <laughs> I think it was, I think it was supposed to be, I think it was supposed to be lemon meringue. Oh, I yes. love lemon meringue pie. Yes, yeah, oh so it was a lemon meringue pie, and our niece was going to help her make the meringue and so forth. So she brought all the ingredients to my, my parents' apartment and uh, went to the kitchen to make them up during the celebrations. And in the process of making it up, she said to she or no she she said to, to our niece Michaela, "Come on in, let's make the meringue." So Michaela went into the kitchen with her. And she re- needed uh, some sugar to include, so she reached up to the cupboard and found this this jar of what she thought was sugar, included it, and mixed the whole thing up, baked it, served the pie to us, and we all took bites, and it was delicious, but it had this really interesting, weird <laughs> tang to it. And my brother, Mark, said, what's the unusual ingredient in this? And we're all kind of puzzling, and Louise is kind of puzzling, and then she looks at the jar of what she thought was sugar, and says, Mom, what's in the white jar? And Mom says, salt. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> and in this way, lemon marine pie, that's what we call it, lemon marine pie was invented. <laughs> so well... <laughs> it, 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 it's kind of a, an appropriate example when you think about it, because yeah. here she was putting an unwanted ingredient in by mistake, that's and right. we, we had a number of different ways we could have reacted to that. We could have said, oh, tuh, 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 and we could have just spit the thing out. <laughs> or we could just scrape the marine off and, and you know, or the, what was supposed to be the meringue. We called it the marine. Scrape that right, off right. and just eat the lemon part. Or we could actually enjoy the whole pie. My brother enjoyed the whole pie. I scraped the, the meringue off. Others did the same thing. <laughs> the point is, we didn't let that bad ingredient ruin the pie for us. It was one of the few yeah. times that we actually got a, you know, a recipe wrong. And it wasn't really her fault because she thought she was reaching for sugar and it was salt. But <laughs> but it was an opportunity to, to decide how were we going to deal with the fact that we had an unwired ingredient in there. And That's probably right. the most important part was we decided, well, we don't want to have salt in our pie anymore. <laughs> I would think that would be a good conclusion. <laughs> I have to tell you, though, it was weird. It actually tasted not terrible. Right. I, right. I, it, it's hard to explain that. How could you, you're expecting lemon meringue pie and you get lemon marine pie? How do you how do you justify that? But it, it actually tasted not terrible. <laughs> the, the meringue still looked like meringue. It did. Oh yeah. Sugar. Oh, it, wow. it had it had the same consistency and everything. It just didn't taste right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, then that's a good metaphor. It is. <laughs> it is. It. Yeah. So I'm not advocating people make lemon marine pie. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> and I, by the way, that is one of my favorites, lemon meringue pie. Oh, like, yeah. When you delicious. have like a really good one, it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's high in calories or not, but it's good. There are other pie stories that she's had. She's had some bad luck with a couple of pies, including one that was sitting on top of a counter with a dishwasher underneath, and the dishwasher Uh vibrated so much that it knocked the pie onto the floor. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So we've had some bad luck with pies at times. but (laughs) Yeah, I have a friend. They made a pie, and they left the kitchen to let it cool, and they came back, and the pie was gone. And guess who had a full belly? Their dog. Oh, of course, yes. <laughs> yeah, the dog went onto the counter and ate the entire pie. Yum. <laughs> well, I had, he I, was had happy. A, I had a cat who got the Thanksgiving tur- turkey one year. He tackled it. Flying leap across Are you the serious? room. Yeah. Oh, God. Flying leap across the room, tackled the turkey, it fell to the floor. He was trying to drag it out of the room. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, pets are fun. <laughs> Which actually leads to the next section of the, the chapter, believe it or not, because the next section of the chapter, you're going to laugh when you hear this, the next section of the, of the chapter is called, There is Enough Room for All Diverse Thoughts and Experiences. <laughs> <laughs> Just like there's enough room for all types of pie. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good reminder. I mean, the, the chapter says, you understand that there is room enough in this expansive universe for all manner of thought and experience. You have every intention of being deliberate about your own creative control of your own life experience and your own creations, but you had no intentions of trying to control the creations of others. So it's just kind of another reminder of what the previous one was about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's good stuff. Now, next section. Here is the process by which your universe expands. You ever wonder about that one? Of course. I always think about these kind of things. Well, th- this is a relatively long one. I'm not sure if I should read the whole thing. Maybe we should start with just, well, why do you think the universe expands? Because we're, we're expanding. We're, we're always thinking of new ideas and new things to do and new things to try, new experiences. And I just feel because we're expanding, then the universe is expanding as well. So what does it mean to to say that it expands? Are we talking about physical expansion, or are we talking about metaphorical no, expansion? No, I'm talking about, like, energetically, I guess it's vibrationally. I guess that's how I, the best way I can describe how I, I'm thinking about it. I, I, I tend to agree with you. This is where the chapter gets kind of interesting, because it seems to imply that it's both. That but it may does, be. But it doesn't actually say that. It just implies it. Um, Uh Maybe I actually should read. So let me read the the, the two paragraphs here. So from the variety or contrast, your own preferences or desires are born. And in the moment that your preference begins to exist, it begins to draw to itself through the law of attraction the essence of that which matches it. And it then begins an immediate expansion. And as you pay attention to the way you feel and continue to choose good-feeling thoughts regarding your newly born preference, you stay aligned with it. And now it gently and easily appears in your experience, and you have now created your desire. But along with this newly achieved physical manifestation of your desire comes an evolved perspective. And so the vibrational characteristics of you and everything about you have shifted somewhat, and you have moved into a new set of contrasting circumstances that will again inspire new preferences within you. And now new rockets of desire emanate from you. This is how, skipping on a little bit, this is how the universe expands. So... 
it sounds like they're talking about both the experience of attracting and the physical manifestation. It sounds like they're talking about both. Yeah, it could be. It could be. I mean, for me, the other part is too, <laughs> like, out of my realm, so I just bring it back to how I can experience it. Yeah. But it does kind of sound like that. It does. It, it, it's This is probably one of the areas where, say, an astrophysicist maybe has trouble with the whole concept of the law of attraction because they have their own theory about why the universe literally expands, about yeah. you know, planets flying apart and so forth, all derived from what they call the Big Bang. And I can see where this could, you know, raise some hackles, so to speak. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It could, yeah. So, interesting. Well, I think that's just something you can kind of file away and say let's 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 return to that one a little bit later that that sounds interesting <laughs> and because it says this is how the universe expands this is why you are on the leading edge of the expansion the valuable contrast continues to, to provide the birthing of endless new desires and each as each desire is born source responds to the, the to the desire it is a never-ending always flowing pure positive energy expansion so they're saying it's an energy yep. expansion but they're also saying it's a manifesting expansion it sounds mm-hmm. like they're saying both now with manifesting, like I was always curious about this question: Have you ever experienced where you're thinking about something and then it happens, like quickly, like within a day or two, it happens? Oh yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. remember anything in particular? Uh, you want a particular example? Uh, yeah, like for me, like there was, like I can think of a time when it was snowing out and my driveway was totally snowed in, and it was too big for me to. Cloud, I was standing out there thinking, universe, <laughs> I need help here. Yeah. I cannot do this on my own. I need help. And I just stood there, and 10 minutes later, uh, a truck, this was random truck, came by, and he had one of those plows, and he rolled down his window and just said, oh, can I plow your driveway for you? Looks like there's a lot of snow there. Right, yeah. Yeah. I, didn't, I, it, didn't charge me. Didn't, yeah. It wasn't, you know, I even offered to pay. Uh-huh. And it was like, wow. Like, I, like those kind of things happen. Um, sometimes I'm thinking about a particular person, and then that day or somewhere in that week, I see that I run into them, like things like that. Yeah, I would say that kind of thing has happened quite a bit. It's not something that you know I keep a catalog of, so I didn't have it at my fingertips. Right. But, but with your uh, example, I can think of one very similar to it, actually. Um, yeah. This was while we were living in Virginia, and this one winter, I think it was the last winter we were there, there was a big snowstorm. It was about, oh, 16, 17 inches, something like that, which is a lot for that area. That's and a lot. It's <laughs> a lot area. anywhere, but, that, <laughs> but particularly for that area. I mean, it was, it was enough that you knew the roads were going to be closed for a few days. Right, right. So um, we got this big snowstorm, and we lived in a house that had a pretty long, winding driveway, and we didn't have a snowblower. Yeah, that's not good for snow. <laughs> no. We, didn't, I mean, the, we had one snow shovel, and... I had reached an age where I didn't even want to attempt to shovel that whole driveway. I mean, I was thinking about, can I really just shovel a couple of ruts for the car wheels? That's about all I could even consider handling. Yeah, yeah. And then we remembered that there was a family who lived behind our house, uh, kind of on the next street over, so to speak, through the backyard. And uh, it was actually a family of Mormons. And they were really nice. We'd gotten to know them primarily because I had gone over one day to ask permission to walk through their property to go to the other neighborhood for my, my daily walks. And so that had led to, you know, sort of a nice neighborly experience going on. Well, I remembered them saying something. I don't remember exactly what it was, but the gist of it was, if you need any help with anything, let us know. I said, right. oh, geez, right. I wonder if we could pay their kids to come snow, to come shovel our driveway. 
And mentioned that to Louise. She said, yeah, that's a good idea. So we, we called over and said, listen, uh, we're wondering if maybe your kids might like to earn some extra money shoveling a driveway. Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, no problem. We'll be right over and hung up the phone. And we thought, okay, well, that sounds good, I guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> Moments later, the entire family shows up at the driveway wow. with oh shovels. God. And the father drives his little tractor with a snow plow in the front all the way around oh the, the block to come plow out the driveway. So within like 20 minutes, the entire driveway <laughs> was plowed and shoveled. And w- my wife and I are just standing there like, huh? <laughs> wow. What happened here? Yes. And and then when they were done, they said, well, let's see, uh, would like, you know, $100 cover it? And they said, oh, no, 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 don't worry about it. Wow. That was neighborly of them. Very neighborly. Now, I I think it may have something to do with, you know, Mormon ethics, Mormon religion or something like that. I'm not a a Mormon expert, so I couldn't really answer that. But I kind of got the sense that it was their religion that was motivating that. But nevertheless, the the universe certainly delivered. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, and then, like, uh, recently, not that long ago, there's a show called The Wendy Williams Show. I don't know if you know who that is. I recognize the name, um, but I can't tell you who it is. Yeah, sometimes I watch it. I enjoy it sometimes. And I know that she lives in my neighborhood. No. And and there was this one week, I don't know why, I was just like, I really want to meet Wendy Williams. I got to meet her. And maybe I'll, I'm sure if she goes to the market, I'm going to meet her. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm telling you, like, two days later, I was at one of the local markets, and she was in there, and I met her. It was just so weird, because I thought, I kept focusing. I really want to meet Wendy Williams. I know she lives in my neighborhood. I really want to meet her. And boom, it was like so law of attraction. There, yeah. there she was in the vegetable aisle. Very <laughs> much like, so. Wendy Williams. <laughs> Very cool. And she was like really nice, and it was like wow, like I had to manifest that because what are the chances that I'd be there exactly the same time she would be there after I was focusing on meeting her? It was just weird. Yeah, that that's definitely a, a high level of correlation going on there. <laughs> so yeah, things. Because sometimes people ask me about that. Like, have you ever had any kind of quick manifestations? And sometimes there are. Sometimes I, there really are. I can tell you of another one now that I think about it. You were mentioning Let's weather through you know, the snowstorm and so forth. I've had a number of situations where I've learned I actually can influence the weather. The coolest one was one of the later ones. I, I've been manifesting weather changes since the 1990s, and I, not knowing <laughs> how have? I was doing it. Yeah, I actually have been. And I'll, I'll tell you some of the stories sometime. But this was after many years of it, and I had come consciously aware that I had actually done it and so forth, and said, wow, how did I do that? <laughs> I did it through the law of attraction, but I didn't know what I was doing at the time, you know? Right, right. Well, this was much more conscious. There was a time, again, same house in Virginia, there was a time when a tornado was coming. It, it's kind of tornado alley there. There's a lot of tornadoes coming through that section of the state, usually coming up Route 29, which is also known as the Robert E. Lee Highway. Well, right. This tornado was coming up, and it, was a, it wasn't just a tornado. It was a massive storm system. You know how you look on the weather map, and it'll, you can look at the radar, and it shows you in color-coded you know, what's going yes. on? There was this yes. great mm-hmm. big deep, dark red thing that was coming right at us. And I zoomed in, <laughs> and I saw that it was literally coming right at where our house was. We were going to be wow. smack dab in the middle of it, and it was about 15, 20 minutes away. And I'm thinking, well, that's not good. <laughs> I that mean, is not th- good. <laughs> this sounds like something that could be very destructive. So I said to Louise, uh, Louise, we got to do our, our weather influencing thing. 
So we just started putting out there, and this, if, if you want to know what the processes I use, this is what I do. I deliberately try to block out what's going on in reality, so to speak, and imagine what I want it to look like. So I was looking, looking kind of in my mind's eye, sort of, although I'm not really good at visualizing, but I was trying to imagine a blue sky and a beautiful sun and little puffy white clouds and nice gentle no no wind just nice breeze you know comfortable temperatures in the 70s and just this tranquil scene and that's what i was focusing on louise was doing it with me well we only had a few minutes because this storm was on the way so we did that for about 10 minutes or so maybe not even that maybe five minutes and then we stopped and we said okay well let's see what happens and I actually wanted to walk outdoors to see what happened because I knew I was going to see the storm you know, in some sense, right? But I was still trying to maintain that positive image of you know how beautiful the weather was. I walked outside, and already I could see the trees all around our property were blowing wildly in the wind. Wow. You could just see it in all directions. But the trees on our property were still. No way. For real? Everything else around us in every direction that I could see – it was black cloud, trees <laughs> blowing it. I mean, we're talking like 30 to 40 mile per hour winds. And our property, I mean, there was like little tiny motions in those trees, and that was about it. They were, they were practically still. We were oh, sitting my. literally in the middle of a weather vortex that was protecting us as the system passed over our heads. And I'm looking wow. at this and I'm saying, this can't be. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> Now I can't say I've ever reproduced that. I've never, I've never seen that since then. But it sure reinforced for me we've got some kind of influence over the weather. Holy cow! No, I mean, yeah, I mean, Esther has also told a story or two about her example of that kind of thing. It's like, wow, like I never really thought of extending it to that kind of thing. But why not? Oh yeah, yeah. In fact, you mentioned Esther Hicks. I think maybe the one you're thinking about. Maybe it's a different one. I remember one where she walked outside their home in Texas, I think they were living in at the time. Yeah. And everything, everything one. was, everything was parched, dry. Yeah. And there hadn't, yes. there hadn't been rain in a long time. Is that the same one? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I think so. And, and she was, <laughs> she, she, she has this ongoing conversation with Abraham who's kind of in her head, so to speak. And she says, you know, this is really sad. There, there's just, you know, the animals don't have enough to drink and, and there's parched everything everywhere. I need to attract the rain in here because it's just so dry and dismal and and you know if if something doesn't change you know animals are going to die and and it's not beautiful to look at everything looks ugly and so forth and abraham said to her you really think you're going to attract rain that way (laughs) (laughs) and she says what do you mean and abraham says well if you want to attract rain you have to focus on what you want it to be not what you don't want it to be yeah, 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 I remember that, yes. And so she yeah. starts focusing on it being green and lush and the animals yeah. having water to drink and, you know, the, there was, uh, you know, the, the plants were replenished and everything was looking beautiful and lush and, wet and, and, you know, full of water and so forth. And then later that day, the news reports announced that there was a freak thunderstorm out in the valley where they lived. <laughs> it was the right. only place I where this thunderstorm yeah, happened. The one I heard. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's the one I heard. <laughs> Well, it's another example on focusing on what we want instead of what we don't want. I, I just think it's cool that we can influence weather, especially since I've done it so many times. I've probably deliberately done it dozens of times. It's, it's <laughs> truly amazing. And, and I still am amazed by it. I look at it like, how did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know what I did, but 
how does focusing on what I want it to be turn into this other thing? I know what the law of attraction is, but it's still miraculous to watch it. Yeah, and we have to just try focusing on the bigger things we want too, and this with the same kind of trust, yeah. and belief. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, that's the challenge, isn't it? Um, because as <laughs> Abraham says, a belief is a thought you think over and over again. Yes, that's all it really is. You just keep focusing on it, and so you make it true for yourself. And as you make it for you, true for yourself, it becomes true. That's right. And that that well-known quote of Esther's slash Abraham. It's just as easy to attract a button or a castle. Yes. <laughs> but most, most people are focusing on the button. On the button, right. Yeah, yeah. So maybe not so much focusing on the weather and more focusing on the castles? <laughs> <laughs> yes, focus on the castles. <laughs> well, I, you even can have your own moat and a drawbridge. <laughs> I really don't want to live with a moat and a drawbridge, but maybe I need to come up with my own version. <laughs> So anyway, continuing with the chapter, we're, we're, we're actually moving along pretty quickly through this chapter. We have covered five of the eight, and I don't know if we'll get all eight done, but we're, we're moving along pretty well. So let's okay. see how, let's see if we get there. We got about eight minutes left. I'm not sure if we can do this. You will never get there, so enjoy the journey. Oh, well, okay. I guess we're not going to finish it. <laughs> <laughs> now that is a good thing to talk about because there is this illusion that we are going to get, quote, there. Yes. But I think what happens, we getting there means, you know, there's something we want, and then it happens, and we think, oh, now everything's going to be great. But what happens is, before you know it, then there's something else you want to manifest. Right. Then there's something else you want to manifest. Then there's something else you want to manifest. There's like, no end. That, to me, that's what that means. Like, it's not like you, you get it done one day, and you're like, okay, it's all done. Let me just do nothing. Right. Which would actually be kind of boring. I mean, if it's it all done, that means was. nothing else yeah. is happening, you know? It's just, every, life has just stopped. Life <laughs> life ends, details at 11. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I think that's interesting because uh, uh, someone I know retired very, at a very young age because they had done well financially, and it was not long at all before they started trying all different other careers and this and that because it, we can't just sit and do nothing. <laughs> we can like there's always a new desire that pops up it makes sense in terms of trying to understand all of life the universe and everything as vibration because if, if it's right. all about vibration vibration is a form of movement so mm -hmm. it's got to keep moving otherwise it will always be vibration. we're always going to have have as abraham says these rockets of desire yeah yep as long as you're having rockets of desire you never get it done. <laughs> you just never get it done. So, therefore, we certainly try to get stuff done. We try to try to get there, so to speak. But let's focus on it a lot less. Let's focus on enjoying the journey. That's what they're really saying here. Yeah, yeah, and we do, and like we do get there with attracting things we want. But then there's something else we want. Yeah, and there's something. There's something else. I mean, my mom, you know, she is 88, and she still has. Rockets of desire, you know, things she wants to do and things she wants to accomplish. So it's kind of interesting. It, it isn't even necessarily just things that we're trying to attract. It could be just stuff that we do in our lives. I mean, absolutely, the, the yes. two are kind of intertwined. It's not like they're really separable, but um, yeah. To, yeah. to the extent that we can understand them separately, um, you know, just because you finish one job doesn't mean you can't go on to another one. Absolutely. 
there's always something that's going to pop up. There's always some rock of desire that we're going to put out there about something. Which means we don't really want to focus on, oh, the job isn't done, because all we'll end up doing is frustrating ourselves. Yes, yes. And it's, it's, to me, it's kind of, we're kind of freeing to realize that, that you never get it done. Yes. Because it's like, oh, okay, I can just relax then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't have to worry about getting it done. I'm just continuing the journey. Exactly, yes. exactly. And that's when we enjoy the journey most. That's right. Which leads very nicely to the second to last point, which is feel the balance and perfection of your environment. Now, what does that mean to you, do you think? Feel the balance and perfection of your environment. Right. Should I read well, it? Well, yeah, see what, yeah, then I'll... Yeah. Okay. So it says, so the contrast causes new desire to be born within you. The new desire radiates from you, and as you offer the vibration of your new desire, that desire is answered every time, and when you ask, it is given. Now, think about the perfection of this process. Continuing new ideas for the improvement of your experience emanate from you constantly and are answered constantly. And consider the perfection of this universal environment. Every point of consciousness is improving its state of being in just the same way as you are, where every desire is understood and answered, and every perspective is honored and responded to. So they conclude, feel the balance and perfection of your environment. Every point of consciousness, even the consciousness of a cell in your body, can request an improved state of being and get it. So that's yeah. the perfection they're talking about. That's the balance and perfection of your environment. Yeah, that's, that to me also has to do with allowing. Like if you just... Oh, yes. If you're just allowing and feeling balance in whatever it is in your environment, then... That's like the best state to be in. It is indeed. You know what? I think we're going to actually get this done. We got one left, and we got about two Ooh, two minutes left, two okay. and a half minutes. All right. So, since every request is granted, there is no competition. That's the final point. It makes sense, really, when you think about it. There is no competition yeah. because it's not like there's any lack. The only right. lack is lacking, focusing on what you want, and not on what you don't want. <laughs> yes, and that's why it's important to celebrate people. Like if there's something you're trying to accomplish and someone else does it before you, celebrate that with them. Because that doesn't mean that you're not. There's only room enough for that person. Right. You have your own. You have your own vibration and your own things you're going to attract. And simultaneously, it's not possible for someone else. They say here to receive the resources that were meant for you, and you cannot selfishly squander resources that were intended for somebody else. Exactly. Exactly. So more reason not to worry. Don't worry. Be happy. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't there a song that said that? Don't there was. Bobby, Mc, <laughs> Bobby McFerrin, yeah. That's right. Cool song, too, because he did the entire song without musical instruments. He was the musical instrument. I know. Instruments. Wasn't that amazing? Yeah. That was so cool. That was very good, yeah. So, okay, well, we got a, we, we actually did this with a minute and a half to spare. Let's take wow. part of that last minute and a half, remind people, first of all, if they want to find you, how do they find you? In case they want they some want coaching. They want to find me and they want some law of attraction coaching. They can go to lifecoachdavid.com. And, of course, the coaching helps you attract what you want. But it also, which I even think is more important, really helps you become the best version of yourself, become hap you know, the happiest you can be. And I give you lots of great tools to continue that for the rest of your life. So it's, it's really good. That, that is good. 
And I'll also remind everybody, again, if you haven't subscribed yet, please do subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Because now that we're doing both uh, daily and weekend, there are a lot of episodes to keep up with and give you your daily dose of happy in all kinds of ways, no matter where you are, just by listening on your phone. So subscribe at LOAToday.net. If you have an iPhone, you could also do it through the podcast software or in the iTunes store. If you have an Android, you can also do it through Google Play. And David, been a pleasure as usual. Yes, Walt, have a high vibration week and enjoy. Well, thank you. I hope you do the same, and I hope everyone else joins us next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.